two weeks after we moved to California, uh, we did something that, you know, and for those who didn't know, we lived there for um, about two years, Southern California. And two weeks after we moved there, we did something that we were very skeptical of doing a long time before that. And that was putting our kids on the school bus. Anybody, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, we're the only people that every now and again are just cautioned. We just have some caution, some pause when it comes to. And so it was, a, it was difficult. Our, you know, Gabriel and Noah, Gabriel was five, uh, Noah was three, you know. So they're really young and we were just, you know, man, we're in a new place. We were trying to think, is this a wise idea? And so we said, you know what, let's just give it a stab. So we go ahead, put Noah, I mean, put Gabriel, rather, on the school bus, and we sent him to school. We're like, cool, all right, everything is good, everything is golden. One day, go to the bus stop. <laughs> and I go there, and just like regular for the past two weeks, I'm expecting that we're going to see Gabriel coming off the school bus. So I'm there waiting. I'm, that was the time when they were excited to come and, you know. So, when, when is he going to come off, you know? And so I'm sitting there. We're waiting. Everybody gets off the bus. Gabriel's not on the bus. Worst nightmare happens. Come on, somebody. That's exactly why we didn't want him to be on the bus in the first place. And now all the kids come off the bus. And we realize that Gabriel is not on the bus. So we figured maybe we're like, well, maybe his bus came earlier. And maybe that was what happened. Maybe his bus came earlier. And, you know, before we got there, this was another bus. And so maybe he got off um, with some friends or something of this nature. And, or maybe when he didn't see us, he got back on the bus and went back to school. So as you can imagine, Mom, Dukes, and me, we are losing it. We're like, where is Gabriel? Okay, let's stay calm. You know, listen, this is the thing. If you don't know how to speak in tongue, fam, you're going to figure out a tongue in that moment. And so we go full blast. We're like, where? Okay, let's just stay calm. We do a wusa and we jump in the whip and drive over to the school. Because the school bus is supposed to return. We get to the school and we see the school bus that Gabriel was supposed to be on. But no Gabriel. Not only is he not on the school bus, not only is he not in his classroom, but he's also not at the school. So we are about to have this conniption. We are like, where is our son? We are losing it. We're like, what's happening? What's going on? Come to find out that the bus driver, they got there earlier than expected. And what he ends up telling my son to do is because he, when Gabriel didn't see us there, right, he goes, just go with the other kids. Are y'all hearing me? I mean, I am about to go reckless, right? Like, I mean, I am absolutely losing it because this kid, this man has the, 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 the cojones to tell my son, y'all don't know what I'm doing. Get off this bus. And just follow some kids. Now watch this. We move into this complex. The complex is one of those ones has literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of units. And they all look the same. To the point where we kept getting lost and we're grown-ups. 
We're driving. We're like, babe, did we pass this street already? Like, I don't even know. We were, it took us a while to even orient ourselves and figure it out. But they sent a five-year-old who just moved there and says, get off the bus. It's a busy street. Can I paint the picture? Busy street. He could have just come on out. It's not Gabriel that you see now that's about to be in high school. Man, I just picked classes. We just picked classes for my son. About to be in high school. No, he is five years old. Very well could have gotten off and run into the road. It was crazy. We are losing our minds. We are going nuts. We At this moment, it's not that Noah, because Claire wasn't even born yet, it's not that Noah was not important to us. But at that moment, the thing that was forefront of our mind was finding Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, come on. We knew where Noah was, but we did not know where Gabriel was. And we were, we were in that moment. We were not going to spare any expense. Yeah. Just give me my son back. I don't want to see him on a milk carton. Come on, somebody. I don't want to sign up. I mean, he's lost and he, cannot, he needs to be found. Where is he? And so I literally, we just go start, wifey says, okay, I'm going to go drive up and down the street. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go inside and I'm going to just start combing through this block and try to figure out. So we're walking up, we're going through, where I'm running through the place. I'm, I'm nuts, I'm going, I'm like, I need to find my son. And then we end up getting to my house. And when I get to the house, Gabriel is standing out there on the porch. And this is what he says to me. This is what he says to me. And this could have come across in a negative way. And this could have come across in a difficult way. Uh, but I was just grateful. He says, when I walked here, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where I was supposed to go. And he says, a man in a black shirt walked up to me and said, this man walks up to me in a black shirt and says, follow me. And so mind you now. Oh, my phone is, my watch is calling somebody and trying to leave a, a, a voice message. <laughs> Siri, bad Siri. No. So look, I'm like, what is that? Anyway, so back to the story. He, he's there, he's standing. He said, a man in a black shirt tells him, follow me. And he says, he led him to our house. And then Gabriel said he turned around and didn't see him anymore. See, some of y'all don't believe in angels. Come on, somebody. This is why I pray over my children. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all think that angels only show up in the form of some white person uh, with big old wings. Come on, somebody. And a harp in their hand. But how many of you know, even the book of Hebrews chapters 1 and 2 says that many of you are entertaining angels unaware. I believe it might be one of y'all that's an angel in here today. Who knows? But this one shows up in a black shirt and leads my son to the house. Come on, somebody. Nobody knows us. We didn't talk to nobody. And he knew that that was my child. Yeah, I give him glory. I hear you. Psalm 91. For he will give his angels. Come on, Bible readers. Charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Lest you dash your foot against the stone. I wonder if it's a church in here that knows that God can protect your children I know it don't happen that way all the time I know that's not the end of the story for everyone but I'm grateful that that was the end of the story for us 
and that God did that. But I was reckless. I was willing to do anything. My son was lost. And you better believe, man. You think I cut it up up here? I was just, I went nuts. See, see, the thing is, I don't need a church building to give God the praise. Come on, somebody. I'll be in the middle. My wife will be, my wife loses it. She'll be in the bed and I'll be in the bed cutting up. Just in the bed, just cutting up. If I just, all I got to do is just think about, y'all. It don't matter. I just got to think about what he has done for me. And I was so grateful that my son was returned home. And Noah wasn't jealous. Come on, somebody. He was just as excited about Gabriel being found as I was. Because he wasn't lost. Gabriel was lost. And so watch this. I want you to see this in the text uh, because I want to deal with this, this lost and found series. And I want to deal with, 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 with this and I want to deal with this passage that we're looking at. Because as we move now into this season of Easter and I'm, I'm challenging you around your heart. I want you to peep this. Bible says uh, in verse 1, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees, someone say the Pharisees. Pharisees were strict observers of the law and enforcers of the law. The law of Moses in the Old Testament, uh, which pretty much was the first five books of the Old Testament known as the Torah. Somebody say the Torah. And so this, uh, uh, in addition to, it, you know, there were 613 laws and then there were add-ons. There were rabbinical or rabbis added stuff on. And there, so they had all of these things that were law-based and the Pharisees were extremely focused on making sure that everybody observed it. So they were, they were surveillers, they were policers. And they in this moment, watch what happens. These individuals, they say, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They are shocked. Come on, somebody. They are shocked that Jesus is hanging out with sinners. They are shocked. This is the equivalent of them showing up to a hospital and saying, man, it's people with sickness here. Are you serious? Why on earth would there be people that are battling ailments in this place? Jesus, his purpose was to come and rescue those who were lost. Come on. If you don't believe me, write this down. These are some texts that you ought to hold to that you need to know. In an encounter with a guy by the name of Zacchaeus, don't have time uh, to deal with the story today. Luke 19 verse 10. This is a good one. The Bible says that the son of man came, referring to Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. That's the purpose of Jesus. That's why Jesus, that's why God put on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and came down to earth to, to live and to die for our sins. It was for this reason. He came to seek and save the lost. And you know when it says that he receives sinners? The Greek, watch this, it indicates, here it is, it indicates that he receives them in a tender manner. That he treats them with kindness. Watch this, doesn't drive them away from his presence. The Pharisees, watch this, it wasn't that they were around Jesus. Je they expected that Jesus was going to be like, woman, you deserve to die. Wasn't it crazy that gospel reading today? Yeah. 
woman caught in adultery. Pharisees are like, hey, she deserves to die based on the law because she was caught in adultery. This was the legal system that they operated under. And it was serious, a lot more severe than what happens. And in that moment, they're like, this is what is supposed to happen. But the fact is, they were upset because Jesus was hanging around with them. They were upset because Jesus was receiving them tenderly. Because Jesus was hanging out with them. See, fact of the matter is, you, we, many Christians today do not, watch this, do not like that you hang out with Christians, but I mean with our sinners. But the folk, fact of the matter is, it's not, they're okay if you're being judgy when you're around sinners. They're okay if you're telling them like it is. Because they, don't, they forgot that when they're pointing one finger at somebody else, that it's three pointing back at them. Some of us forget about how you were lost. Come on, somebody. And how I was lost. I mean, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Yeah, but that saved the wretch like me. We sing about the amazing grace, but we forget that, that we needed that amazing grace at one point in time. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is a passage. If you look at that whole chapter, chapter 6, and it talks about all these things that people who do them, they are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But then he ends off and says, but such were some of you. But you were washed and you were cleansed. And so many of us, we forget where it is that we came from. And consequently, we get upset. But it was how he was treating them. But this was the purpose of Christ. The purpose of Christ was to come to seek and save the lost. The very name Jesus. We're celebrating the name of Jesus. Somebody one more time say Jesus. The very name Jesus means Yahweh rescues. Yahweh is the name of the Most High God. It's the name of our God, the proper name of our God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is Yahweh. And some transliterations would be Jehovah or Yehovah. But Yahweh is how we would describe Jesus. And so when Jesus' name in, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, can I just talk about him? Bible says, here it is. She, speaking of the Virgin Mary, will bear a son. And you shall call his name. Some of us think his name was always Jesus. No, he was known as the word before coming into the earth. It says, you will call his name Jesus. Why? Watch. For he will save his people from their sins. So this is why Jesus was called Jesus. Because his name means Yahweh rescues. His name means Yahweh is salvation. And so why would they be opposed to him hanging out with sinners if that was the desire for him to come? I'm telling you, there are people that are going to tell you stuff like, if you are a Christian, you should not be hanging out here. You ought to avoid the appearance of evil. Oh, y'all don't like this type of stuff. You shouldn't go there because of how it will make you look. Come on, somebody. Well, the fact of the matter is that text in 1 Thessalonians that people quote is out of context. He doesn't say avoid the appearance of evil. He says avoid every form of evil. And so in other words, how many of you know that there's sometimes when you go and love on someone that people think that you should be judging, it's going to look bad. 
But God is not about you looking cute. God is not about you being safe. Come on, somebody. God, and when I say safe, I mean playing it safe and, you know, just doing stuff because we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We just have to be PC about everything. Y'all don't go have church with me today. Fact of the matter is God has not called us to be there. He's called us to be disruptors. He's called us to be countercultural. This culture that is going to hell in a handbasket and calling people to worship themselves instead of the most high God. This is who Jesus has called us to rescue. This is who Jesus has called us to go after. His heart is for the lost. Are you with me? Yahweh rescues and this is what he was here for and consequently this is why they were mad at him but I love it because as we go on he tells them the story he says what man of you having a hundred sheep if he has lost one of them somebody say one of them has a hundred he lost one Bible says which one does not leave the 99 in open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. Here's point number one. And this is the main thing for everything I want to say. And I want you to grab this. Watch this. Jesus is recklessly concerned about the lost. Jesus is recklessly concerned about the lost. Listen. Some people say, well, there's 99. That's just one of them. That, that's just one you got 99 so why would you go no he was concerned about the one that was lost and he's willing to do whatever is necessary to go and find that lost sheep come on somebody you know people that do this well all lives matter oh y'all don't want me to go there but all lives are not lost right now uh, I didn't mean to go there, but I might as well just deal with it. So he said, this is, but there's a sheep that is lost at this moment, that is suffering, that is out there, that is exposed. The 99 have one another in this moment, but I need to spare nothing to go and find that lost sheep. Are y'all with me? Talking about all sheep matter. Listen, but that one is lost. Are y'all with me today? I know you hear what I'm saying. And this is it, man, because look, we, I, I said it earlier. We are in a generation that is all about safety, and everybody always just wants to play it safe. Like I said, how many of you know, man, Christianity and the call to evangelism is reckless. Why do you think that Christianity, the Christianity you experience today, is founded on martyrs? The blood of martyrs. There are people whose blood was spilt so that you could stand and declare the Nicene Creed. Yes, yes. And we're out here about, oh no, it's, you know, I just want to make, no, it is reckless. Look at Jesus. Jesus came and he came to die. Come on, somebody. He came to die. He came and lived to die. He did not come to be exalted and lifted up in the earth at that time, but he came to live and die on the behalf of those who are lost. Nowadays, church is just about us getting together and having a party and being vain and looking at how cute we are and how we can dress up in our Sunday's best and all this stuff. And many people are missing the purpose and the heart of Christ for the lost. Are you with me? 
And so I want to say this because with this in mind, here's point number two, and then this is the last for you. Christians should be willing to do anything but sin to reach the lost. Come on, somebody. Christians should be willing to do anything but sin to reach the lost. I want us to turn really quickly, if you will, to Luke chapter 5. A few chapters before Luke 15, where we were at. Luke chapter 5. Just give me a few more moments here. I just want to deal with this, and I want you to grab this. Luke chapter 5. What book did I say? What chapter did I say? Chapter 5. There we go. Verse 17. I want you to see this. Christians should be willing to do anything but sin to reach the lost. Verse 17. The Bible says, On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, here they are again, were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and for, from Jerusalem. And the power of God of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men, here it is, were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. Verse 19 says, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. Someone say the crowd. Because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down. Oh my, I love this. So look, they show up and when they show up, the crowd that should be assisting with helping people to get to Jesus is blocking them from getting a person that needs Jesus to him. Are you and I a part of that crowd? The crowd is blocking. He couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. His friends are carrying him. I want you to see this. His friends are carrying him. And they went up on the roof. Come on. Talking about we should be willing to do anything but sin. They go up. They don't. Because this is what we would do. We would usually get to the place. On hold, give me a minute. We need to. We usually get to the place where watch what we do. We would show up. And we saw a hindrance, and we were like, I'm just going home. Y'all going to talk to me today? Oh, it's not. You know what? Uh, maybe this is not the will of the Lord. You know how we like to inject that when we don't want to do stuff? When we really want to use the money for something else instead of blessing somebody? So we're like, oh, maybe it's not. Oh, man, maybe next time. Oh my, but they say, no, we're not going to be in a, in, a, in a position where we're going to let the crowd stop us from getting our friend that is in need of a touch from Jesus to get to him. So they say, guess what, man? We're going to bust a hole in the roof because we're going to do whatever it takes. Imagine how crazy they look scaling the walls. Scaling the walls because what? My friend needs Jesus. My friend is in a position where uh, he cannot get there. So he's, we're going to carry him. We're going to scale the walls. We're going to lift him up there. And when we get up there, there's a roof on there. But we're going to bust a hole in the roof. We're going to bust a hole in the roof. Even if they charge us. Come on, somebody. Even if I catch a case for busting a hole in the roof, I'm going to do everything that is within my power to get my friend to Jesus above and beyond to get people to Jesus. When's the last time that you and I have invited somebody, have brought someone, have thrown our excuses out the window 
to bring people to Christ. Some of you today, you may be lost and you may be here because someone is bringing you here and you had excuses and there were all sorts of reasons as to why. And you feel like you're unworthy, you can't move. You feel like that paralytic individual that was stuck there, but he was carried by friends. And I want you to see this powerful thing. Look at this now. They put him down in the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith. Somebody say their faith. When he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Did it say when he saw the faith of the man in the bed? Did it say he, when he saw the faith of the paralytic? No, when he saw their faith, when he saw the faith of friends, the miracle happened not through the faith of the paralyzed man. Can I preach this thing like I feel it? But it happened through the faith of the friends who brought him there. There are many of you that are wondering, you're saying, man, my friends aren't coming. My friends are not moving or I'm in a position where they can't move for themselves or whatever the case may be. Why am I praying for them? It doesn't seem to be working. Why am I interceding on their behalf? Why do I keep inviting them? Come on, somebody. Why do I keep posting this stuff on social media? Because it seems as if nobody is responding positively to what's going on as I am inviting people to Christ and the fact of the matter is that God can use your faith the faith of friends to cause transformation in the lives of others are you going to give God your faith today on the behalf of someone else I know we're quick to give our judgment on the behalf of others but are you going to give your faith are you going to join me in giving your faith in bringing people, offering someone a ride to church. Not just giving them the address, but giving them a ride to church. Can Jesus use your car? Oh, are y'all hearing me today? But he's calling us to be reckless. And I'm going to read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 through 23. I'm parking here because y'all need this. We need this for this season. The apostle Paul says in verse 19... For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. So he says, I'm free. So technically, I don't need to do anything. But he says, voluntarily, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, hear me, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. Watch this. Though not being under it myself, that I might win those under the law. Speaking about winning, in other words, introducing people to Christ. And then he says, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. Not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ. That I might, so he's saying I'm not sitting, but I'm willing to present myself however is necessary to win people to Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things, someone say all things. All things, all things to all people, that by all means 
I might save some, even if it's just some that will come to the Lord. It's well and worth it. Are y'all hearing me today? And then he makes it clear that this is the case. I, I think this is nuts. But as an example, and I'm closing on this, in Acts chapter 6, Timothy, a grown tailed man, was circumcised. He was circumcised when he was grown for the purpose of going and being effective to the Jewish people that he was called to reach. Yo, that's hardcore, fam. Talk about being all things to all people. He was willing to be circumcised because they wouldn't listen to him unless he packaged himself in that manner. And it's important. This is what an example. What are you and I? Some of us won't even sacrifice a Facebook post. What are you and I willing to give so that others can come to Christ? What is God calling you to sacrifice so that the lost can become found? Man, I hope you heard me today. So with this in mind, those of you who are here and may be lost and you do not know Jesus for yourself, you might have been brought here by friends in faith that you, a daughter, a son, a friend, a mom, a dad, an auntie, an uncle, a grandparent, someone watching, you might have been the link might have been shared with you. And you're tuned in and you're like, man, I hear you. I'm that lost sheep. I'm out there. I'm, I want to tell you that you're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. God is calling you to himself. He is drawing you to himself. And he desires, he recklessly loves you. He's not dying to meet you. He died to meet you. And on the third day, he rose with all power in his hand. The reason why he died is because as the Bible makes it clear, we are born sinners, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, born separated from God. And this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus lived. This is why he died and rose from death. He came to get us back in relationship and fellowship with God. Doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter how far you've gone he paid the price and he finished the work and he calls you to himself today and so I invite you if you do not know Jesus if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus I invite you to put your faith and your trust in him today how do I do that firstly Bible says repent somebody say repent in other words you are sorrowful about your sin you're sorrowful about living a life that's pleasing to yourself and pleasing to Satan and following your own passions and all of this and you're like I want to turn in faith and believe someone say believe I want to say I believe that Jesus died and that he rose from death and I put my trust in him as my Lord as the boss of my life and the savior of my life and then not only this be baptized someone say be baptized 
And so you be baptized. I point over here because just as you saw people baptized last week, we are baptized, buried with Christ, unified with Christ's death, what his payment was as he died. And then we bring you up out of the water and you are unified with Christ's resurrection from death. And the payment that he made in rising from death, it's applied to you and you are unified with him. And so repentance, faith, and baptism. If you have not done so, if you have not been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I invite you and I call you today online in the house to repent, to believe and be baptized. And someone who's watching, you're like, or here in the house, you're like, man, I was already baptized, but I've gone away from Christ. And today, I want to come home. Do I got to be re-baptized again? No. If you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you meant it, you don't need to be re-baptized. You can repent, and you can come home today, and there is room at the table for you. Come on, that's something to celebrate. Come on, no matter how far you have gone, you can come home.